Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Shawnee, this could be a big morning for us all. Andy? Yes? We could all be knighted on today's show. Oh, nice. That's what I'm hoping. So that means you'll get to call me Sir. Yeah, that's never going to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> Sir Schwani. Yes. That doesn't sound very Camelot-like. Sir Schwani. Sir Schwani. No, Sir David. <laughs> it will be David. Sir, da- Sir David of Schwaniness. <laughs> Schwanishire. Oh, okay, I'll yes. buy that. Okay, I'll go along with that. Sir David of Schwanishire. <laughs> Shakaquan. <laughs> <laughs> we have an actual we have actual royalty on the show today the prince and princess of greece from the greek royal family are in chicago uh they have an event at the national hellenic museum and the prince and princess are going to stop by the show today nice that's kind of cool yeah See if maybe they want to do the far-flung forecast. <laughs> have them do one of our, what I learned in the elevator, <laughs> one of our fine segments that we do on the show today. So, Are they bringing some, uh, what is it called, saganaki? Uh, saganaki, I want baklava is what I want. Actually, if you are paying attention, we I, I brought a variety of Greek pastries oh, for nice. the prince and princess to enjoy this morning. You did? Yeah, but keep your mitts out of here until right. I get here. That's for company. That's not for us right now. After the company leaves, you can have some. Did I ever tell you the story? I'm going to tell the prince and princess the story of you in Greektown. No. no. <laughs> I should have brought the photos for them to take a look at. Yeah, someday I want to hear this story. Oh, that's okay. The mystery, then, the, the, the story. That will be done during a closed-door oh, session. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, after I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and after I scramble to your house to get the pictures, these are, right? These photos are way too incriminating, really, for all of us involved. <laughs> <laughs> Schwani, Sir, Sir David of Schwanishire, especially. <laughs> Schwanishire. Say that fast, fast three I times. I can barely right? say it once slow. <laughs> Uh, it is very, very profound watching the procession of the queen, uh, her, her final trip, as you've been putting it, her final trip to London going by her favorite places. It's very, it's very melancholy to watch it, to watch the hearse, but also what beautiful countryside it's it's gorgeous. Fantastic. I've, I've I've done that ride. It's gorgeous. Uh, but also very profound with the you know the hearse and the other motor vehicles, a uh, riderless horse accompanying the uh, accompanying the hearse for her love of uh, horses and you know riding and animals, yeah. animals, yeah, right. Especially fond of uh, the dogs, the corgis. Yeah. So uh, and the anniversary of nine eleven as well. We've got a lot going on, today, much of which is not very happy. But uh, we'll try to get you through this Sunday morning. Let's kick things off in a second. Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones? Pray for the ones who don't know. The very moving song by Alan Jackson. Where were you when the world stopped turning? Song about uh, September eleventh. 
for which we are at the 21st anniversary. Can you guys believe that? No. No. Doesn't it seem like a couple of years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Not 21 years ago, that's for sure. Not 21 years ago. I was right here at WGN when the world stopped turning. Mm -hmm. What? I had a TV set on in the background. Uh, you know, because just because it was always on, but I was listening to Spike. Spike O'Dell was on in the morning that day, and suddenly everybody was wondering what was going on. A plane hit the World Trade Center, and remember, everybody thought it was a private plane at first, right? Uh, that hit the building, and then all hell broke loose after. You know, just shortly after that, well, after the second plane hit, after the yeah. second plane, it became obvious we were under attack. Now. Yeah. Uh, where were you, Andy? Where were you when the world stopped turning? I was just telling Shawnee that uh, I was covering the Bears back then for the station, and we were at the Bears opener. It was in Baltimore on September 9th. It was a Sunday, and we flew back from BWI to Chicago uh, Monday, September 10th at 8.55 a.m. That's when our flight left. Oh, wow. And it was an off day in the NFL, so I was actually you know resting up, and I had a roommate at the time, and he was banging on my door, and he never would, you know, knowing that I was sleeping. He goes, you got to turn the TV on. I said, what channel? He goes, any channel. Mm. And I turned it on. I was like, whoa. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Were you working, Shawnee? Were you reporting the news or something? Yes, I was. I was at uh, Illinois Radio Network at the time. We had offices uh, here in Chicago and a bureau in Springfield, which covered the state capitol and state politics. And uh, as I was just telling Andy here just a few moments ago, uh, I was morning anchor, and we did uh, quarter-hour updates that were about two minutes long um, that the stations could use either live or at the top of the hour whenever they wished. But it was 7.46. Right, uh, right before the, the planes hit. Right. And uh, I got done with that live report. I made a quick phone call to someone, and I came out of the studio into a general work area. We had a number of workstations set up. It's kind of like in here in the newsroom where it's a, just an open area. And uh, TVs were on, and our sports person there uh, said, uh, Dave, you might want to take a look at this. Mm. Uh, plane just hit the World Trade Center. And then... Certainly not long after that, then the the second plane hit. Um, and then within the hour, we got word of the plane hitting the Pentagon. Pentagon, and, and, yeah. Right. And that sort of thing. And then Pennsylvania coming up uh, right. later on that morning. Yeah. And by that time, I think by 11, 12 noon, all domestic flights had been grounded. Yeah. the uh, you know, And then you know the buildings coming down and the people running in the streets covered in debris and ash uh people jumping from remember jumping yes yes horrible yes uh i'll never forget seeing carol marine on the streets of new york being interviewed on cbs she happened to be in new york at the time almost a victim of uh 9-11 just just horrible 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 Uh, i was in new york recently and for the first time visited the 9-11 memorial uh, the you hadn't been there before. I had never been there before. Mm. Yeah, I'd never been there before, and went went through the museum and everything. And it's, I posted some pictures on Facebook this morning. Uh, it, it's just very moving to remember it all, and I hope everybody will take a minute today to uh, remember all of that because it was a horrific moment in uh, American history. So.
The other memory I have when I finally finished work about 3 o'clock that afternoon is going through downtown here in the uh, in the loop area it's like a ghost town and it there. was there was no activity because everybody went home we were sent home we later found out that uh, what was then called Sears Tower you know Willis Tower could have been a target as well and uh, that that building was evacuated yeah i i re- remember that i mean we were all you know just kind of huddled together yeah. at uh, Tribune Tower and uh, you know where the radio station was uh, and you know, we didn't know what to do. No, nobody knew what. Nobody had ever covered anything like this, and it was uh, it was amazing. Yeah, that exactly. That's what we were. You know, putting our heads together. How yeah. do we do this? Well, we were concerned you know. for our own safety. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Are we going to be attacked somehow in downtown Chicago? But also, we have a responsibility. We have to broadcast what's going on. You know, we have to be on the air. And at some point, uh, we took. Uh, I think it was ABC News coverage. Something we took some national coverage. Then it would have been ABC, yeah, because it was a na- you know it was such a big uh, story that they could cover much more thoroughly than we could. Uh, but man, what a whirlwind for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks! It was just a complete whirlwind. And I remember living at the time uh, in the suburbs, and we were directly in a flight path and a flight pattern. I mean, you, you, it just became you know background noise. You hear it, and you're like, oh, okay, another plane going to O'Hare. And then when all the planes were grounded for a few days there, it was so eerie not to hear Silent. a plane yeah. go over your head. Silent. Yeah. yeah. Silent. Well, anyway, so we're dealing with that uh, today. We're dealing with uh, the uh, funeral, uh, beginning of the memorial and funeral coverage with the Queen. Uh, there's not very much happy stuff going on no. today, today at all. Uh, we've got this dreary day. The bear, Are the Bears going to win today, Andy? Well, you know what I'm, I'm going to say? I'm going to say, you know, take the opposite of what i think so uh i think they're gonna lose today mm, oh okay all right well, maybe, maybe there's a break take spot. that for what it's worth <laughs> what a positive right. way to start off the hey, season yeah. you know you you fade me that's what you do you, you bet the other way yeah uh flip it over like a pancake exactly it's andy's pancake uh, football <laughs> forecast flip it over on the okay other side. there it is if andy says they're going to lose Maybe they're going to win. Flip it. Flip yeah. it and put some maple syrup on it. You got it. And enjoy. <laughs> and bring some to me. So there's no far-flung forecast for today. We, this is our first uh, abbreviated show of the football season because Hamp and OB will be coming on at 11. So we have an abbreviated show today. So we've had to abbreviate everything. And we've have got some special interviews to share this morning. So, Shwani, we had to preempt your far-flung forecast. Now, did you file the proper paperwork to do this probably not no probably didn't think so probably not uh but when we come back from this break my one-on-one interview with former secretary of state hillary clinton and her daughter chelsea about their new documentary that's coming out it's 9 25 this is dean richards sunday morning on wgn this week on Apple TV Plus, a new docu series premiered called Gutsy. It is an examination each week of several women who have done extraordinary, remarkable things despite all odds against them. Now, this series is hosted by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and her daughter, uh, Chelsea Clinton who I had the pleasure of talking with one-on-one this week and taking their gutsiness uh, back to when uh, they were 
here in the Chicago area. You know that I'm wondering, uh, Secretary, if your gutsiness began in Park Ridge uh, right here in the Chicago area. (laughs) Yes, you know, born in Chicago, uh, moved to uh, Park Ridge. It certainly did. It was nurtured by my family, my neighborhood, uh, my public school teachers, uh, my church. Um, I was just this weekend up in Wisconsin with a bunch of my friends from elementary and high school years. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was a great place to grow up and gave me a wonderful, you know, foundation in life. Were you a gutsy kid? I mean, is that something that a, a person, a woman can have when they're young? Or is it something that is developed and comes from experience, do you think? Oh, well, I'll tell you a story. When I was uh, little, about four and a half years old, we had just moved into our house in Park Ridge. And it was, you know, post-World War II, boomer generation, lots of kids. And my mother would send me out to play. And every day, the kids would push me down. They would say mean things to me. And I'd go running in the house. And finally, one day, my mother met me at the door and said to me, there's no room for cowards in this house. Go back out there, figure out how you're going to deal with it. I honestly thought my life was over. I thought, this is it. I've been exiled from my house. My mother told me she was standing behind the drapes in the dining room shaking, you know, but she felt like she had to make me face um, the, you know, the meanness, the bullying so I did. And they were surprised to see me and um, they kind of pushed me and I pushed them back and then it was over and we were friends for the rest of the time yeah. I lived there. It, well, it was t- a great uh, it was a great life lesson. Talk, talk about a life lesson that came in handy for the, the rest of yeah, both kidding. of your lives, really, in in watching uh, Gutsy, Chelsea, I'm 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 just so blown away by the openness and the complete honesty, not only of your subjects uh, that you're interviewing, but from both of you as well. I wonder if it must have been a little bit cathartic in a way to uh, deal with some things that could have been, you know, may for some people might have been painful to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, none of it was scripted, Dean. So the conversations we had evolved organically. Certainly we asked questions. We also made it very clear that the women we were speaking with should, and we hoped would feel comfortable asking questions of us. We wanted it to be a conversation. We wanted to have experiences together. So it felt not just like a set of interviews, but really kind of a an ongoing effort to get to know um, the people we were spending time with. And so the authenticity, the sincerity, the transparency, the openness was all really important to us. And you know, I'll just say, certainly for me, had I been asked anything I didn't want to answer, I just would have said, I don't want to answer that. But I would have never said to anyone, you can't ask a question because that wouldn't have been the way that we wanted kind of the relationships we were building with these women to be able to share their stories, to share what we think of gutsiness, you know, that, that wouldn't have worked. So the honesty and the openness was really important to us. I I loved uh, your interview subjects. I I loved learning about uh, these people and their, their qualities. Uh, I loved uh, seeing you both bowling. Uh, That was (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh i mean when oh. when wanda sykes showed up with her her own bowling ball yeah. and her custom made bowling shoes i thought that's intimidating wow yeah okay it that... was so intimidating and oh my i mean i can only hope you take this on on total trust i mean i used to be somewhat better years ago but honestly <laughs> it was embarrassing I've, I've never been good yeah the uh docuseries is called gutsy it is a profile of some remarkable stories and remarkable women. I can't recommend it enough to you. I know many of you are very polarized about Hillary Clinton. That's your decision uh, to make. But if you want to see some amazing stories about uh, what uh, people, ha- other people have done and, and really what the, the Clintons uh, have done, honestly, uh, it's all there in that docuseries. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. We'll feature these interviews tomorrow on the WGN-TV Morning News as well. 9.41, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. And time for our weekly chat with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer. Central DuPage Hospital. Summer rain taps in my wind. Exactly, summer rain, the rain that we're dealing with outside this morning. Uh, we'll keep you posted uh, on all of that. In the meantime, Kevin, my friend, good morning. How are you, doctor? Gene, I am doing great. How about yourself? Now, you are an avid uh, golfer. You wouldn't be out on a daily, uh, like a morning like this, would you? Out there, or would you? I'm glad you clarified that and said a morning like this, because I'm really hoping that the rain goes through and we're able to play this afternoon. I guess my basic question is, how crazy are you, really? No, I'm I'm not crazy enough. I don't play in rain. You know, it's we have enough nice days here that I can take the rain days off. But if the rain stops, certainly I have some (laughs) good friends coming in this afternoon and we'll definitely get out there and play. Are you a a snow golfer? Are you one of those people out there with the... The orange golf ball in in the middle of the snow. You know, it's interesting with my brothers. You know, it used to be fifty five was our kind of a cutoff, and then it got to fifty degrees, and now I think it's down to about thirty eight degrees. So <laughs> if it's sunny, if it's sunny, then the brothers want to be out there playing, and we will. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you are passionate like that. I'm the same way with grilling. By the way, I, I, that would, <laughs> that would be my equivalent of the grilling. If if it's not twenty below zero. Pretty much, I'll, I'll stand in front of the grill. It, it doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, so I guess, you know, the, really the, the COVID news this week is that the fourth booster is here, uh, the the more effective booster. And I, I think we've all heard, you know, that uh, every it's being recommended that people get it to protect yourself against the latest uh, variants. But what should we know uh, at, at this point? What should we be doing at this point? Yeah, you know, I think, Dean, the hesitancy in in trying to get rid of the hesitancy is probably the big thing. You know, people are saying, well, it's a brand new vaccine. And what are the side effects? Although we have very limited data just a week or so, but we have millions, some plus doses already in people's arms. And the side effect profile is great. A little arm, you know, soreness, but really uh, very, very good. And we have to remember that BA4 and BA5 are just running rampant right now across the entire United States. And this vaccine will protect you from that. Different than the original COVID vaccine we're trying to protect from hospitalization and death, this vaccine is actually to block the BA4, BA5 infection from even occurring. Okay, so who who is eligible to get it right now? Yeah, so eligibility for this vaccine, it's pretty simple. Two months since your last booster. So anybody that says, well, I only had one booster, do I have to get the No. 
The original booster is now gone. That booster is no longer approved. This is the only booster that's approved right now. So that's two months since your last one. If you've been infected recently, like myself, I have to wait three months. And that's because I have enough natural immunity right now mm-hmm. to protect myself from another infection. And then individuals say, well, you know what? I'm finally going to jump on the bandwagon now. I haven't gotten any shots. You need to get those original two just because the amount of uh, the strength of those vaccines is much higher than the booster. So that's pretty much it right now for the kind of the cases. It's pretty much all ages. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're between the ages of 12 and 18, you have to make sure that you're at the right place. Right. Pfizer has been approved for over the age of 12. Moderna has been approved for over the age of 18. So if you're in that 15 year range, you know, have the parent or the patient call the CVS or the Walgreens or your doctor's office, wherever you're getting it, and make sure that they have the Pfizer. Everybody over the age of 18, you can get either Pfizer or Moderna. Let's get to uh, some questions. Uh, like uh, John at 312-981-7200. You're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning. John, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. You're on. Yeah. My my question is pretty simple. Um, I'm scheduled to give platelets, blood. You you know, I do it two times a week. And I'm wondering if I get my booster, will giving blood or my platelets affect that shot at all well i'll tell you what uh uh, we uh dr dr most uh the connection we had with dr most uh dropped are we set to go are we set to go we are set to go back all right so let me uh let me see here kevin are you are you there i am i i I got cut off there a little bit but i think we were waiting for a question from john and john just real quick uh summarize your question for us one more time for dr most absolutely I would like to get my booster, my third booster, no problem. But I schedule every week to give platelets twice a week. Will that affect the resistance of the booster at all, or does it matter that I shouldn't get blood for a couple weeks? Or Nope, nope, you're fine to go. And thank you for doing that. It's very important, um, John, giving platelets. Platelets are the portion of our blood that help for blood clotting, and we – we use a lot of platelets uh, in the hospital. So certainly we appreciate that. That doesn't impact your immune system at all. It actually impacts your clotting system. So your immune system, we're not taking those cells out of you. So you are totally fine to still give platelets and, um, uh, and go ahead and get the vaccine. John, thank you for your call. The 847 area code said, my wife and I just got the new booster. How long until it's fully effective should we continue to wear masks indoors in public? Yeah, if you want to get the full effectiveness of any vaccine, it's about 10 to 14 days. That's why we say for influenza, make sure you get it towards the end, before the end of October, so that you're protected as we enter there. Um, you already have some immunity what's you know already. So we expect, although we do say 10 to 14 days, we think that that will really ramp up within the first five to seven days. So if they got it early on, they're hitting a point where they can be very comfortable here probably by mid next week. Yeah, some uh, disturbing patterns with regard to influenza and flu shots, flu season. Let's talk about that when we come right back. Take more of your calls, too, at 312-981-7200. Dean Richards, Sunday morning with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospitals. 
And uh, Kevin, we are uh, entering flu season, but we are entering it with uh, early flu occurrences and high numbers of people getting the flu. Is that correct? Southern Hemisphere, we haven't seen that yet here. But last year for their flu season, which is our, you know, they're in the opposite of us, obviously. So this was in like May. They saw really high numbers early. And that's our big concern is, are we going to see the same? Because we often mimic what happened in the Southern Hemisphere. So if we're going to get an early flu season like they did down there, it's kind of concerning because now we're sitting with a potential for early flu season plus the BA4, BA5. And, you know, the chance of what we call a twindemic occurring is, is, you know, is in the back of all our minds right now. Mm, okay. Now, you know, p- people may be confused because there have been so many vaccines and boosters and uh, all that sort of thing. A flu shot is different from anything COVID-19 related, right? Dean, I, I, I can't stress that enough. And I appreciate you bringing that point up because they are two totally different things. They're two totally different viruses. You, you're not going to get a COVID vaccine and it's going to protect you from influenza. You're not going to get an influenza vaccine to protect you from COVID. Really important this year for those over the age of 65, um, you know, especially to get both these shots because we know that the influenza in the past is, you know, we, we usually have about 30,000 deaths from influenza. The last couple of years, we've had much lower numbers because of low numbers of, of influenza and then also high vaccination rates. So, all those seniors, everyone over the age of 65, please make sure when you get vaccinated, you get that high-dose vaccine. Ask, make sure, and say, is this the high-dose? And try to find that one instead of just getting the normal dose. Yeah, pretty much are available you know, just about anywhere you can think of right now. Megan is on the line, 312-981-7200. Megan, you're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Thank you for taking my call. My son um, is a freshman at Marquette University, and his roommate, uh, his throat started hurting. So we're afraid he might be getting a cold or maybe even COVID. My son, should he be wearing a mask while he is sleeping? Um, No, if they're sleeping a distance apart, he does not need to wear the mask while sleeping. Now, you do bring up an interesting point that we've seen in colleges across the country now as kids have come back. That population is a a fairly low dose of vaccinated individuals. So we saw high, big spikes at U of I the first two weeks that school started. So certainly I would make sure that this individual gets tested. He can do a home test. If he's had symptoms yesterday and today, he can test at home. And then really, if he's positive, try to get those two separated and quarantined as much as you can, um, because it certainly is very contagious. And we know that the new booster is the one that's going to protect him from BA4 and BA5. Like you said, he's been boosted, but not with the new booster. So we know he can still get infected with the BA4, BA5. Okay. Thank you very much. Hopefully that made sense call. to you. Yeah. Thank you, yes, for the call. thank you for the call and good luck to you on that. Oh, uh, you. Uh, from the 219 area code, if you're getting a mammogram soon, should you wait on the booster? I think I heard it can affect the lymph nodes temporarily. Uh, is, Correct. Uh, is that is that a, a factor? That's the first time hearing about that. No, no. We, yeah, Dean, we actually talked about it in the past. So when we get a vaccine, it sometimes it I shouldn't say sometimes it increases our immune system, which includes the lymph nodes. And with mammography, we want to make sure that the lymph nodes aren't inflamed. And 
unless they need or unless they are inflamed because of other reasons besides infection. So individuals who are going to get the mammogram, get the mammogram, then get boosted because you don't want that inflammatory response to show up with an enlarged lymph node that then will lead to further testing when, in fact, it's exactly what the body wanted to do and meant to do for the infection and is not a sign of cancer. Mary, you're on with, double, uh, with oh, yes. Dr. Kevin I... Most. Go ahead. Yes, I I got the antiviral drug Paxlovid, Lovid, and I don't know what, how long should I wait to get my uh, new booster. Yeah, Mary. So if you got Paxlovid, that means that you had an infection recently. So yes, you did. should wait th- three months from the last from when you got that infection until when you yes. get um, boosted. So Paxlovid, great. I hope it worked well for you. It takes down those symptoms. Usually about day three, day four, you feel a lot better. Your immune system is still working, however. So you still have great protection. So you won't need the vaccine now for a couple of months, depending on when your uh, infection was. All right. Appreciate your call, Mary. Thank you. Dr. Most, as always, we appreciate your visit. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great Sunday, Kev. Thank you. Hearing you uh, playing some of that uh, audio from the reading of the names of uh, people who were yes. victims yeah. at the World the Trade Center. The lady reading the name of her father there. That's, uh, that, that, that breaks my heart every single year. And, uh, you know, just r- reminds me to tell everyone, go visit the 9-11 Memorial in New York. I was there about a month ago, something like that. Uh, just for vacation, not to do interviews, not to work, anything. So I had, you know, time that I don't normally have when I'm uh, in New York. And I went to visit the memorial, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful, and it's poignant. And among the things, I mean, you'll you'll see they've done this so tastefully, uh, exhibits of twisted metal and melted metal and... Uh, you know the the remnants of the the buildings that were still there, uh, fire trucks that were crushed by the building falling on them. Um, but most poignant of all, the names that are there, the names that you see around the uh, around the pool, which is outside, but also inside photos and the names of people who were lost. Uh, that day it's quite moving on this day 21 years believe it or not ago at this moment when when it was happening uh, back then you know i've been around those those pools you talk about i was there i think in 2016 and it it, it does take your breath away and it, you just kind of feel uh, you you feel presence there you know what i mean and yeah. there's also a, a reverence that's observed by a lot of people i mean there's a lot of activity in that in that area going up to the freedom tower and a lot of tourists and a lot of people are, are hustling and bustling around. But when you get around those pools, there's a lot of silence. You hear the water rushing more than you hear people talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, and people. And into the middle of midtown Manhattan there, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, you know, people with a piece of paper on a loved one's name kind of tracing it. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, it's just it, hearing, hearing that reading of the names again just, you know, brings that all back again. We were there in 2018 in May. And um, there might have been a special remembrance, uh, a ceremony uh, that took place there uh, just before we arrived, because many of the names had white roses by them. Yeah. Uh, so there was something going on in addition to, you know, the remembrances that will go on forever now at uh, on this day there. But uh, that was uh, in the middle of May in 2018, which made it even more poignant. Yeah. 
uh, visit it uh, if you can. If you're in New York, make that uh, definitely something that you uh, that you go and see, and definitely something you don't want to miss today. Andy Mazer is uh, the new host of Hamp and OB pre and post game today. I'm scripting all my ad libs right now. <laughs> Now, we have not had this in the past with a, a previous host, and he's got a whip in a chair for some reason <laughs> to control the host. I don't exactly know why. You like my top hat? That's going to be uh, at 11 o'clock and then right after the game at uh, 3 o'clock. He was yeah. trying on the suit of armor here a little while ago. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm ready. <laughs> the question is, are we? We'll find out <laughs> later on here. Today is also the anniversary of the premiere of the Bozo Show. Bozo Circus on WGN-TV debuted for the first time ever out of Historic Studio One, uh, September 11th, 1961. Uh, The show remained on the air for 40 years, unprecedented. One of the most popular uh, children's TV shows in the in america uh for which at times there were 10 year waiting lists for tickets for that show with bob bell and uh, ned Locke and oliver o oliver played by ray rayner and don sandberg and then later on roy brown as cookie and marshall brodine as uh, uh wizzo the wizard and uh, the great bob trendler uh, leading the, the the bozo big top band all started this day, 1961, a little WGN history. So our show today is, uh, you know, we begin our first uh, abbreviated show for the football season with Hamp and OB coming up at 11 o'clock. So we're kind of compressing some of our regular uh, features to try to get everything in today. So we've got an early theater segment uh, for you today. And I mentioned earlier that I'm going to be headed out to the Paramount Theater in Aurora later to see the uh, debut of their uh, fall production, Dream Girls, the award-winning Dream Girls from both Broadway and uh, the stage. And uh, Jim Cordy is the artistic director of the Paramount Theater. And Jim, it's great to have you back on the show. Hello there, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dean. So uh, it was just so fun to hear about uh, Bozo's anniversary today. <laughs> he doesn't look a day over I don't know thirty. I, I don't know, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's some great Chicago history. How about that? The yeah. uh, uh, y- you guys are turning out some great history out there, theater wise, at the Paramount Theater. Uh, I know uh, that you know you're you're up for more awards. You've won a ton of awards anyway. But this is the beginning of the Paramount's 11 broad, uh, 11th annual Broadway series. Is that right? That is correct. I, I like looking at it like the beginning of our next decade. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, uh, here's to the future. Uh, but it's looking bright. Yeah. And uh, I, I know, you know, Dreamgirls uh, is uh, what we're going to be seeing tonight. But what are the other uh, productions that you've got scheduled for the 2022-2023 season? Uh, After Dreamgirls, there's The Sound of Music, then Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods, and then School of Rock. Oh, boy. Okay. And The (laughs) the Sound of Music will be the holiday production this year, I guess, right? 
Correct. Amber Mack is directing, and uh, uh, I'll be uh, co-directing Into the Woods with Trent Stork, and then Trent is doing Rock of Ages. Uh, I mean, Rock of Ages, School of Rock. You did Rock of Ages already. (laughs) The the shows are all blending into each other. Uh, In in addition to uh, these shows that are on the main stage at the Paramount Theater. This year you started something new called the Bold Series right across the street at the new uh, Copley Theater. Explain what that is. Yes, it's uh, it's been a really thrilling development, um, creating theater that is not the most commercial populist uh, uh, genre of theater. Um, We opened with uh, Sweat, followed it up with Hand of God, and now we've got Fun Home running. And uh, these are shows that stimulate conversation, not necessarily resolutions with happy endings. It's more about what it makes you think about uh, as a theater goer, as you sit there. And, uh, and it's been really dynamic in that way for our audiences. It's very different theater fare. And uh, everyone out here is really appreciating it. Yeah, I know. It, I, I know that it's a, a more intimate theater, uh, the the Copley, uh, as opposed to the you know the big old traditional gorgeous Paramount Theater. Uh, right, it's 165 seats. Yeah, so face, the, right the, those kind of shows are kind of conducive, aren't they, to shows that make you think, uh, the shows that really kind of get under your skin a little bit, uh, yeah, to give you something to talk sh- about afterwards. Yes, precisely. It's a very shared experience, and, uh, and, and people are really feeling that and appreciating that. Um, very proud of it. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, Bull, a love story, um, having its world premiere, written by uh, Nancy Garcia Llosa and uh, directed by Laura Acala Baker. And uh, we, that all happened during the stay-home shutdown. Uh, it all happened on Zoom. Uh, there was a developmental reading, and it just turned out so good. Uh, uh, Tim Rader, our, our president and CEO, uh, wanted to make it, uh, give it a full production. So uh, everyone's really excited to get this going. Yeah, and, uh, yeah there's a lot yeah. going on, a lot, a lot going on uh, out at the yeah. Par- Paramount and also now at the, the new uh, Copley Theater. Uh, right across the street, uh, the production called Fun Home is uh, running through next Sunday, September the Great. 18th, so you can catch that. But uh, Dream Girls, I'm so excited to see the show. I never saw the original on Broadway, but uh, I've, I've seen so many clips of it. And, you know, of course, the movie version for which Jennifer Hudson won an Academy Award playing the role of Effie. Uh, it's It's a powerful, powerful show. Uh, as well. And uh, when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to meet the actress who plays Effie in this production. Give us a little give us a little uh, intro of uh, who we're going to be talking to here, uh, Jim. Uh, Naima. Uh, well, Naima represents the caliber of emerging artists that are featured in this production. They're thrilling uh, uh, you know, the history of the show uh, is all about uh, uh, Motown and Motown-like girl group from the south side of Chicago. 
and uh, and their rise to fame, and how black artists were breaking into the pop music uh, uh, market, and uh, and also about their personal lives, their love lives, the backstage drama. Uh, as well as uh, their onstage spectacular numbers and spectacular vocals. Um, but uh, well, I'm real excited about uh, the, the young emerging talent in this production getting this opportunity to just blow the roof off the place. Yeah. Um, Friday night, the uh, press opening was so spectacular. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're in for a great run. Yeah, and, uh, I, I can't. I can't wait! I can't wait to see it today. And when we come back from the break, uh, Naima Naima Alakam, yes. who plays Effie in yes. the show, will be joining us, and that's coming up next. No way, no way. Maybe one of the most signature songs from a, a show, and I am telling you, from Dreamgirls, a song on Broadway by the great Jennifer Holiday, song on film by. Jennifer Hudson, who won an Academy Award for it, now sung on the brought on the uh, Paramount uh, Theater stage by Naima Alakam, who joins us on the phone right now. Naima, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I practiced for about a half an hour. You did. You did. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. I I just have to wonder, you know. This iconic song, sung by these iconic women on stage and on screen, is is it intimidating to take a song on like that? It's been my experience that most actors want to dig right in and kind of make their own mark, uh, you know, taking over a role like that. Oh, it is absolutely surreal that I have the opportunity to step into these shoes. Um, I, I am definitely standing on the shoulders of the iconic women who have played this role, Jennifer Holliday, Lilius White. But I I definitely did want to be able to also add my mark in there, you know, and, and make it my own as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Now you're, you're making your Chicago area uh, debut in, in this show. Uh, Yeah. Well, so what, what, what's your feeling and what's your take so far? How about that gorgeous Paramount theater, by the way? Oh my goodness. It is amazing. I, it's so funny because I actually, a a couple of years ago when um, Jesus Christ Superstar went out, I saw it on YouTube. (laughs) I saw the clips on YouTube and I was like, oh my goodness, this is, unbelievably impactful i just and since then i've been following the productions of um paramount through youtube and now i'm here so it just it it's yeah <laughs> i have to pinch myself sometimes to believe it's real yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell you as impactful as that production of jesus christ superstar was that you saw on youtube i was there that opening night I, I I still have, when when you just said it I got goosebumps. That's how impactful that show was. Uh, yeah. They they do amazing work out at the Paramount, and I'm so happy that you can Absolutely. be a part of this now. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm I'm coming out to see the show tonight, and oh uh, I I cannot wait uh, to you know see everybody in the show. And uh, I mean that's the thing about Dreamgirls, right? I mean it's nostalgic. It's 
uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. It's poignant. Uh, it's uh, there are so many aspects to dream girls to uh, to to enjoy. Mm-hmm, definitely, I, I think this story is has so much heart and it has so much soul in it. You can connect with each and every single character, and and the the songs are iconic, and it's just. It's an amazing show to be a part of, yeah, truly. It's going to be out at the Paramount until uh, October the 16th. Uh, we'll be telling you much more about it, both on TV and radio. And uh, Naima, we'll look forward to seeing you on stage tonight. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you very much. All right, it's 1038. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning on WGN. Our, our whole show kind of turned upside down today and somewhat abbreviated because of the uh, debut of Hamp and OB for the new football season. And they'll be coming up at 11 o'clock. Uh, so we've uh, taken you know some of our regular things here and c- compressed them down a little bit. But uh, we are very happy to have uh, in studio with us uh, as a guest uh, His Royal Majesty Prince Nikolaus of Greece and Denmark, who is in Chicago for a major photography exhibit that uh, he has uh, presenting uh, that is called Resilience. Uh, uh, Prince Nikolau, thank you for for joining us. Thank uh, you very much for having I, me. When we had you on television the other day, I wasn't sure if I should call you, you know, your yeah. ma- your Majesty. No, or... it's, your, it's it's just you can. My N- friends call me Nikolos. Nikolos, okay, Nikolos is thank good because I, I want to be your friend. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to meet you. Uh, this has been a very poignant week uh, because of the death of Queen Elizabeth and a kind of a. Uh, a, a refocusing on royal families. Uh, you are actually related uh, yes, to the, the British royal family through Prince Philip, who died last year, right? That's correct. Um, yeah, we've, we're distant, distant uh, relations. Well, it depends how, how distant you want to go. But it, um, Prince Philip's uh, father was my uh, great grandfather's brother. Ah, oh, okay. <clears throat> so there's a connection there. There's also a connection. Th- to uh, the late, her late Majesty the Queen, uh, through another angle through Queen Victoria, but it's it goes it goes very far. Yeah, I mean, a, I remember years ago yeah. when I was a child, my grandmother, uh, Queen Ingrid of Denmark, uh, sat down with me when I was about I guess thirteen, and we started with a small A4 piece of paper to do the family tree because I was asking who's Aunt so and so, who's this and who's that. So she was showing me, and then said eventually. This A4 piece of paper with 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 uh, sticky tape became <laughs> ten pieces of paper. A scroll, and then my my name came up three times on the family tree. My father's name came up three times on the family tree. So, in a sense, I'm my father's son, cousin, and uh, nephew, in in that sense. But it's you know the reason the reason that 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 appears that that occurs is basically, I'm fortunate enough that history has recorded who. Who my ancestors are. So, if we all had the opportunity to do that, we'd probably find similar similarities in that. In yeah, the, yeah, of course. But I, I thought of you when the the very sad news of the death of the Queen was announced, and talk of a succession, and you know this family member and that family member. Uh, it was only the day before that you were on television with me. That's right. And yeah. you know, I had started looking into your family history and yeah. your parents and grandparents and the Greek monarchy. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, wow, this this is very similar to uh, what uh, Nicolau went through. Yeah. Um, in fact, Queen Victoria was known as the grandmother of Europe, and King Christian the Ninth, my great 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 grandfather, was known as the godfather of Europe because both of 
both of them had a lot of children and a lot of them married into other royal families of Europe so the, it was all interconnected yeah uh, it was a very sad sad day when I found out I was I'd actually just finished an interview and I got a, a text message from a, a good friend of mine saying my condolences and I said oh I guess it's happened because it all happened very quickly and I think uh, even her, her immediate family were were surprised how quickly it had took place even um, King Charles now then Prince of Wales was having a dinner the night before uh, on the other end of Scotland and um I haven't had a chance to speak to him yet, but I look forward to uh, give my condolences. He's my godfather as well. Oh, okay. So. <clears throat> well, uh, I hope you're enjoying your stay in uh, Chicago so I, far. It couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Um, and predominantly, apart from the beauty of Chicago and its architecture and the beautiful sunshine we've had all these days. Like we're not having today. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been great. And most importantly, the people are so nice. Yeah. Are really so nice and I'm not talking about people who know who I am uh, just people on the street everywhere and my, my wife who uh, does a lot of exploring while I was uh, setting up the exhibition she would come back with stories every afternoon telling me this person was so nice this guy waited for me this guy gave me a free coffee this guy it was just great yeah, yeah. not to mention the fact that uh, I'm honored to say that I gave you your first Chicago style hot dog yeah where are the hot dogs today yeah, yeah. well we have we have some lovely uh, Greek pastries from uh, Artopolis uh, bakery I have to tell you 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 opened up my appetite because after I left the studio I went and I got a uh, I got some hot dogs because I really wanted to complete he, I was told that he had never uh, had a Chicago Chicago-style hot dog. And so, I've never had a Chicago-style pizza either. Or, or pizza. So our friends at Lumel Nadi sent over pizza for the prince to enjoy. And, the one thing and, that, and the princess. And the one thing I still haven't had, which I've been promised, and I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'll, I'll get it tomorrow, is a beef, Italian beef sandwich. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I can give you some good recommendations on Great. that as well. But our, our friends at uh, <coughs> George's in Wicker Park sent over uh, some hot dogs. That was delicious. That yes. was, uh, they are <laughs> delicious. Despite the fact that you asked, where's the ketchup? I did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost started an international incident <laughs> by bringing up the K word in, in a discussion with hot dogs, uh, but it you know it enabled all the ketchup lovers. Like if the prince loves ketchup, then it must be okay. Well, so. for the record, I prefer my hot dogs without it. Ah, okay, okay. all right. Wow, yeah. talk. Look at this guy He's being a politician here, working both sides of the aisle. Um, I haven't been over to the museum yet. The, the, the exhibit doesn't officially open until the 16th. Uh, September 16th, although you've had a couple of previews, which I've been unable to attend. But I've seen uh, some, some of your photographs, uh, and they are absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, well, let me take a quick break, and we come back, and we'll talk about the exhibit uh, called Brazilians. Uh, by His Royal Majesty Prince Nicolaus, which is at the uh, Chicago National Hellenic Museum in Greektown. Next. next. 1047, and uh, an honor to have His Royal Highness Prince Nicolaou in studio, the, uh, the, the Prince of Greece and Denmark, actual royalty, in studio with us this morning to uh, kick off his uh, photographic exhibit, at the National Hellenic Museum, have have you always been a, a photography uh, buff? Yes, I, obviously I, you, your interest in it must have increased because you're so skilled at this. That's very kind of you. I know I was uh, I used to photograph when I was when I was a teenager a lot, and then I went to university and I took myself too seriously, and I was um, I I sort of overlooked it. And my wife thankfully 
uh, one day said to me, you know what, get back into photography. And I said, I'm not really interested. And she said, well, every time you see somebody's camera, you pick it up and you start taking photographs and they're pretty good. So anyway, she, she encouraged me and, um, and I'm very grateful because uh, it's the thing that really uh, I have, I, I'm passionate about. And she told me one very key piece of advice once. We went out to Arizona and uh, I like hiking and I like hiking at uh, sunrise. So we went up and I was taking photographs. I came back and I was a bit frustrated. And she said, what's wrong? I said, I can't capture. It's annoying because, it's, you know, this vast open uh, beauty. I can't capture it on my camera. Hmm. And she said, stop trying to capture the entire entirety of what you're seeing. But try and capture what it's telling your soul. Oh. And boom, just like that everything changed it clicked it clicked it clicked. and it clicked yeah literally <laughs> yeah, clicked, yeah. yeah except do cameras really click anymore right? well they do right. just for the for, for for the sake of the sound, sound effect, effect. Yeah. But, uh, yeah um and so yeah that's that's what really that's what really got me going and um I, I haven't looked back since i was also on one day i remember i was on the roof of my of my house taking photographs of a thunderstorm that was brewing and luckily for me it never actually occurred so i had a lot more drama in the sky to photograph and while i'm looking through the viewfinder it's almost like meditation because i'm just focusing on on the subject matter and nothing else everything else is gone and i came down after i was finished and i said to my wife that was the most incredible 45 minutes of my life and she said you've been up there for three hours <laughs> wow. So that, yeah wow so it just shows you yeah that that uh, demonstrates the passion you know if you know for most people you know if they are uh, photography fans They'll take a picture of a bowl of fruit or, uh, you know, a, a sunrise, which as you were telling the story of the sunrise, I can't even tell you the number of times I've taken photographs of things that I was uh, in nature that I was experiencing that were overwhelming. And then I took a picture of it and looked at it later and I said, this doesn't even come close to capturing well, what, that's also- what, what I was feeling at that moment or the entirety of what it was but your photographs seem to do that but now i know your secret so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a try yeah, absolutely you should yeah, absolutely and that's not it's not my secret it's it's my wife's advice so uh, use it wisely yeah so there's <laughs> there's a good advice to everybody always listen to your wife <laughs> there you go. whatever your wife says you better listen to what she's saying she's got some wisdom um uh, talk to me about some of these uh, uh, so, uh, photos that you do. This, this uh, is our. I mean, you, you've done some. <clears throat> you, you're explaining to me how you've done some of these photographs that are. It's a photograph, and then so yeah, some in, of, in water, and it's, it's amazing. Really. Yeah, I had. I it, it all took place. It, this whole body of work was created during the first lockdown and the pandemic, and we were we had a pretty strict lockdown in Greece, um, so. You were only allowed to go leave your house for an hour for exercise <clears throat> in your local area. Uh, so I, I had a feeling that this was happening, so I got all my tools ready. And, I, and I, some of the photographs that I've taken were done for effect. So none of my photographs have any post-production um, editing for color. The color is what you see, is what you get. What my, what my lens saw is what, what, I, what, I, what you'll see on the, on the wall. But what I did is I took photographs that I've already taken earlier. I printed them on aluminum. And then I immersed them into a body of water. And once I immersed them in the body of water, I was taking pictures of the surface, which was giving me the color of that original image refracted on the surface. Hmm. And that's which give, what gives you some interesting um, and, and abstract uh, images. I had, a, I had a great time doing it. It was fun. It was very creative. It was, uh, I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to get. I knew what I was l- aiming for, but you never know because nature has her way. So it depends if it's windy, if it's calm. 
if it's a cloudy day, if it's a, su- a sunny day, all that has an eff- a huge effect on the outcome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great fun. But yeah. that's why I also called it resilience, because as it was done during the pandemic, uh, we all had to be resilient. And as I've said before, the, in the history of Greece and the Greek nation, uh, they've been resilient, we've been resilient, and uh, we've bounced back from all sorts of difficulties, including occupation for 400 years, including uh, international uh, combat, uh, civil strife, famine, financial crisis, and most recently the pandemic. And that's, uh, I feel that it resonates with everybody because I think pretty much everyone all over the world had uh, a certain degree of of um, lockdowns and restrictions and we had to be resilient to find ways to keep ourselves mentally sane. Um, and we're, st- we're still in it, but uh, we're, we're much better for it now. But that's where the, the theme came from, resilience. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what the the life of... Uh, a prince is like what what is life uh, same as like yours for uh, my, royalty uh, same as yours i have uh, did you rake the leaves yesterday because that's what i did did i do what i worked i worked no, in I didn't the yard I'm, st- I'm staying in a hotel a and there's sweating no leaves. mess <laughs> <laughs> but when i'm at home uh, quite a treat for my neighbors by the way to be able to see that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm glad you still rake because most people use these horrible blowers oh which make i a hate terrible those noise. where you blow your debris on someone else exactly it, and yeah it, that's one of my pet peeves in life <laughs> it's like how rude are you yeah. not picking up your own debris but blowing it on your neighbors uh, yeah no property. no at, at home I'd, i'll clean my own i'll clean my own yard really yeah yeah um but um no it's it's the same as anybody else's life i i i just happen to have this as part of my uh heritage your heritage it, yeah. and you know i've worked in wnyw channel 5 new york i've worked in finance i've worked in banking i've worked in consulting i went to brown university i did everything like everybody else funny yeah. story actually when I arrived in Brown University my freshman year, we all had our names outside the doors. But I purposely didn't want them to use my title, so they just said Nikolaos of Greece. And my freshman roommate, who still today is one of my best friends, had his name outside. It says Stanley Shashua. And he scratched out Shashua and he said, of New York. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what you would have to do. Uh, it is uh, a real pleasure to meet you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I've had a fantastic time in Chicago. Last night we had a fundraiser for the museum at the Hilton, a big gala event with more than 750 people. We raised a lot of money. Um, John Kudunis and John Kalamos, who uh, are on the board of the National Ending Museum, have done a fantastic job with that museum, and they did a great job last night raising money. I don't know the final tally yet, but it was uh, exceptionally uh, successful. So, uh, fingers crossed. You know, National Handic Museum, by the way, doesn't is not just a cultural center which shows art. They've been very, very busy over the during the pandemic. They've fed over five hundred thousand people yeah. during the pandemic from uh, uh, funds of the National Handic Museum. So, my hat goes off to them, and I'm extremely proud for what they've done in the, in your community. Yeah, the uh, photographic exhibit will open officially on uh, Friday, September the 16th, and will run through the end of the year, December 30th, at the National Hellenic Museum, uh, and uh, try, try to get to see that. Thank you to our Topolis uh, Cafe and Bakery. Uh, they sent over some. They're right across I the I can't street. wait to try some. Yeah, yeah right. To, you, you have to be careful eating the Greek sweets because they're, they can be very messy. <laughs> uh, but they're certainly delicious. But thank you. Can't to, be messier than a deep pan pizza. <laughs> or a hot dog. <laughs> a fully stocked hot dog. That's very yeah. true. Uh, thank you. Dean, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's my, been my pleasure.